0: What's up? What's up? Welcome back. Welcome back with another episode of the Black Financial Initiative. We have a great guest joining us today. We'll have uh, Larry introducing, but you're going to enjoy today's episode.
1: All right, y'all. Thank y'all for listening to the Black Financial Initiative. Very excited. We got Mario Payne. He's a certified financial planner with his own investment firm, launches the first black ETF on the New York Stock Exchange. Mario, how are you doing this morning, sir?
2: Uh, good man, too blessed to be stressed, man. I, I appreciate y'all for having me, man. I always like to get my flowers, so salute for all y'all got going on, and, and thanks for having me. I really appreciate it.
0: Man, we're gonna go straight into it. Jump straight into it head first. On the intro, Larry said the first black. Whenever you say first anything, you got some good coming. So uh, with that, we're gonna go ahead and let you tell us about yourself.
2: Yeah. So so this kind of long story short, man. Uh, I'm a certified financial planner. Practice for 15 years. I'm born and raised in Cincinnati, so I saw all my Cincinnati bingos. Who they uh, when you <laughs> win the Super Bowl, last, I, I, I went to the game too, man. It was heartbreak. That's another conversation, but yeah, like the game was great until the last two minutes when the Rams drove up and down the field on us. But but yeah, so yeah, I'm from Cincinnati. Uh, I went to college at Tennessee State, um, so definitely support our HBCUs. And I've been here in Jacksonville ever since, man. I have my own investment firm, uh, Thomas Financial. Uh, we're just blessed, man. I have um a great staff, a great support system, other financial advisors who work for me. We're just rocking and rolling through through my investment journey. I was able to meet um my business partner uh, who uh, who's just heavy in the tech. um, he has some tech companies that he uh, co-owned and, and built and uh, and just kind of came to me with uh, with an idea and uh, he let me put my little my little two cents in from a uh, knowledge standpoint, and then basically after two or three years of just grinding. Uh, we created our own etf on the stock market um it's the first black owned ai AI-powered, artificial intelligence powered which is cool he created the software and i just kind of like i said put my, my one two in it but the symbols let be uh l-e-l-e-t-b as a boy um so definitely got got my bob shirt on so bob and everybody knows a bob right you know what i'm saying so so this happy man we launched it on black history month this year in 2022 the performance is crazy. Uh, the market has been down for this year. Our fund is down as well, but definitely not as bad as the market. So definitely uh the kind of things that we do from a technology standpoint, from uh, getting in and out of stock standpoint, it's just been great, man. Great feedback. And it's us. I mean, you know, just like FUBU before it's by us. I mean, so that's uh, we're just really, really happy with what we got going on. And, and, uh, and yeah, just extremely proud. But yeah, the symbols let be.
0: Man, like you said, uh, for anyone that wants to jump on and do some research and say like, Oh man, they're, they're, they're down. Everybody's down. It's, it's the, it's the market yeah, yeah, right yeah, now, yeah. you know? So that doesn't mean anything. And like you said, you're, you're still ahead of the the market. Um,
2: yeah. Well, so it's, it's crazy. Like, you know, we see like on Instagram, we see on TikTok, we see on YouTube, people making all, all this money in the market. Like in the words of the young kids, it's cap. Like it, r- it really is like, like the, the market and uh, now, now the month of July was a great month, right? Uh, the best month that we had actually since November twenty twenty. Just from a pure like investment standpoint, beginning of the year, if I had a hundred grand, you know, what I'm saying the market went down by twenty five percent, the Nasdaq. So I have a hundred grand, I lost twenty five thousand dollars. Not fun, you know. What I'm saying and our fund, we lost, but we was down by six percent. So if I have my choice, you know, what I'm saying, would I rather be down twenty five thousand or six thousand? right so uh we all know the answer to that one <laughs> you, know yeah, yeah, yeah. you know what i'm saying it's it's crazy because you think about like think about baseball right so uh if if i swing 10 times and i get 3 hits out of 10 i'm a hall of famer a 300 batting average is pretty darn good you know what i'm saying so our thought process is if we continue to have singles and doubles we might not hit the home run all the time but we consistently outperform the market every single month Every single year, you know, we're going to make more money than everybody else. And it's like that right now as we speak. So uh, just, just huge, hugely uh, happy and proud about our team, what they've done. Like I said, it ain't me. Um, I, I'm just, I'm a co-owner, but definitely we have a team that does everything. And I'm, I'm just happy that they allowed me to kind of help and, and, and rock and roll. So, yeah,
0: you know, you speak uh, speaking my language. You were talking about long-term investment, you know, not playing a, that short game. You got to look at, yeah. so you're going to have dips. You know, that's that's just part of the game, Uh, but you're going to have the peaks and valleys and it's how you turn out, come out on the long term. So that's what we're trying to preach to some people out there and, and educate a little bit on.
1: And Mario, I follow you on on social media. It seems like long term, long term is something that you always preach.
2: Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's my thing. Long-term, long-term investing is the wave, man. Like, like for real. So, so, so think about it, right? So day trading, we always talk about day, well, not always, but people talk about day trading, right? Everybody wants to be a day trader. 90% of day traders lose money. Like it, so like for every 100 day traders, 90 of them lose money on a day-to-day basis, right? Nobody can compete with the big wall street, firms. I mean they they have departments on the departments, floors on floors of just traders all day. The smart money is always on Wall Street. So why should I go against people who are smarter than most people, have MIT backgrounds, who are rocking and rolling on a day-to-day basis? Why short-term trade? Like you lose money. Like you know, options are great when you hit, but you never hit. It's like the casino, right? The casino always wins, you know what I'm saying? So why do I short-term invest when I'm going to lose? Long-term investing. We don't know what the market's going to do day-to-day, month-to-month, year-by-year. But I know Apple ain't going nowhere, right? I know if I, if I want some pizza, I'm going to go to Google. You know what I'm saying? If, if, I, if I want to find a Black-owned podcast that's rocking and rolling like the Black Initiative, I'm going to go to Google, right? So then shouldn't I buy some Google stock? It hold it, you know what I'm saying? So, so yeah, long-term investing is the way, man. Definitely, definitely.
1: Man, you're spitting a lot of good information here, and I'm sure you provide this to your clients. Tell us, tell us about uh, Thomas Financial.
2: Yeah, 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 yeah. So I started my, uh, so I, again, I've been practicing for 15 years. My first, uh, my first six years, I was with a, a firm. I was an employee uh, that was called Edward Jones, pr- pretty big firm. And kind of over those six years, it was like, man, for every $100 I make, like y'all keeping $60, I'm keeping $40. Ain't nobody joining y'all because of Edward Jones because of me in my, in my office. Now I can't speak for the, you know, the firm, but just my clients came for me, not for Edward Jones. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, I was like, man, I had epiphany. Like, what are we doing here? Let me start my own firm. Let me just do it. So basically in 2013, I started my own firm. Uh, it was called MJP Financial. That's, you know, that's the acronym of my name. And then um, last year I was in church. I had epiphany. Like when I first started my firm, it was just me and my secretary. I had like 200 clients. I mean, kind of big, but not like I am now. Like right now, we you know, have over a thousand clients uh, worldwide in six different countries, just extremely blessed. So it ain't about me. So I, uh, I updated my name to TOMS. Uh So tomes stands for uh, Tithe offering Alms Means Stewardship. So maybe to kind of give a biblical background of, you know, if, if I'm making you guys money and you believe what you believe, then you're probably going to tithe more. You're going to offer more. Alms is giving your gifts. And I think my gifts is finance, right? Uh, so that means stewardship. So I'm being a good steward of your money. And, and, and prayerfully, I'm doing what I got to do to get you guys in heaven to me, too. So um, so, yeah. So so with that, man, we just have a um, we have a staff and we, we just we just rock and roll man. We rock and roll. Our mantra is uh, uh, making investments simple. We think about investments like this big algorithm, this big pie, a plus e is square. Like, no, not at all. Like, it's just I buy low and I sell high. Like, so think about real estate. Right. If I look across the street at a house and that house is 100 grand. And now that house that was a hundred grand is now sixty grand. Am I gonna wait till it goes back up to a hundred to buy it? Of course not, right? I'm gonna buy it's what 60. But for stocks, we don't think that. We wanna wait till it goes back up to why? It makes no, I can't get jiggy with that. It makes no sense. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> not at all. So like, so if, if we take all of like the fears and the just the the negative conversation about stocks out and we just consistently buy low and sell high then we should be good. So like, that's what we want to do. And I think over time, that's how we've been able to grow. That's how we've been able to help people. And I'm just going to keep on rocking and rolling and, and perfect for the Lord, just allows me to continue to do what we're doing. So yeah, and we're SEC registered. Um, so not only uh, am I, uh, have my own firm, I'm SC registered. There's not a lot of African-Americans who's SEC registered in the country. I think it's like less than 30. So just extremely blessed there. I'm a certified financial planner. Um, less than 2% of all African-American advisors are certified financial planners. So I'm a fiduciary. So definitely um, just kind of stuff I've been through over time to get into the business. If you want to become a financial advisor, you can do it. Um, It'll be hurdles along the way, but you can do it. But definitely once you become a a financial advisor, definitely go through the process of being a certified financial planner. Uh, It allows you to have more knowledge uh, It gives you a difference from a competitive standpoint. So definitely anybody who's in the business, I would strongly recommend you become a certified financial planner.
1: Do you see from your experience, that people feel more comfortable maybe talking to you who are black than um, to maybe people who are not black, you know, in our community?
2: That's a good question. That is a very good question. I don't know. <laughs> okay, okay, that's fair. That's fair. I mean, that's fair. I mean, I mean because like um, so I would say 80% of my clients are African American, 20% or other, uh, just how society is, and we can kind of get into that and not get into that. But uh, but you know other races uh, household wise have more money. So like my twenty uh, percent that's non African American have more assets with me than my African American households. And but typically my African American households like I have mo- most of not uh, all probably all, all their investments beside their house. So so, uh, uh, so yes, so- me being a certified financial planner, I think helped me win not battles, but kind of when should I use Mario or should I use somebody else, even though our performance, like what we do from an investment standpoint, because everything is automated through Bob, we uh, continue to buy low and sell high. So we kind of look at performance and fact sheets. Like I'm just killing everybody else, but still like a person, especially a non-African American, if they close their eyes and think about, about what a financial advisor like it don't look like me they don't got yeah. waves you know what i'm saying it ain't yeah, <laughs> they, 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 they me it's, it is what it is though like i mean good bad it's just life and, and prayerfully as more african americans become financial advisors and cfps that's going to change but how it is now it's not like that so uh so i definitely think me being a certified financial planner gave me an uh advantage when it comes to what they picked but i i don't know if that's the sole reason uh, that you know individuals that's not an african-american pick me i can definitely say from african-american standpoint that has definitely helped me um if it's hey i'm gonna use this person or this certified financial planner i, I think that went a long way but then also because uh i'm 100 I'm percent referral i don't do any marketing i don't spend any marketing dollars i got a marketing team that does my social media but like i don't do no 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 crazy marketing so um yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I, I don't want to lie and say, oh, yeah, yeah, it's because of am a certified, because I, I I don't know. But I, I definitely know it helps. And from an education standpoint, if you're a certified financial planner, you're doing what's best for your clients because you have the education to back it up.
0: And okay, so we you mentioned the certified financial planner. So what exactly is is that? We'll take it a step back for a second and just educate on, uh, the listeners on what a planner does and how you became a planner. You yeah, know, yeah, you're yeah. not just putting some abbreviations back there. You means something. <laughs>
2: Yeah, I, know. I know YouTube or Instagram doing that, right? You got people on Instagram. I'm a such and such a, like, what does that mean? Like, you know what I'm saying? No. Nah, so, uh, a certified financial planner is basically um, so you have like, it's like an insurance agent, a financial advisor, a retirement plan specialist, accountant and a uh, state attorney in one. You know So you have to take different tests to kind of get all that your planner's uh, test that you have to take. So it's a long process. Uh, I, I did my studies through the College of uh, Financial Planner. That was about two years. Uh, and that was just, uh, man, a lot, a lot of studying, a lot of quiz taking, a lot of quiz taking, a lot of studying, a lot of studying, a lot of quiz taking. But it was it was two years. So I salute my wife, man, the love of my life. Definitely her just kind of holding me down and just, you know what I'm saying, say, hey, just stick with it, help. Because it was days I was like, man, I want to do this, man. Like, I got a life, you know what I'm saying? I don't want to study all my life, but I mean, I got through it though. But but yeah, it's basically all those in one. And so you, you had that background. And you have to do continuing education as well. It's not like you just take the test and you're done. So, as new laws, like, of course, with the Trump tax cuts that came along a couple of years ago, like all those new laws, we have to certify, we had to do continuing education to have that background information. So, definitely, you having a certified financial planner as your financial advisor is going to help you as a client because he or she, um, they also fiduciary. So they have your best interest at hand as a fiduciary, and they have the background uh, of a, a state attorney. So if any state questions, they kind of have that background. Uh, I don't file taxes, but I can speak the lingo lingo of how to save you money from a tax standpoint. Of course, from an investment standpoint, retirement planning standpoint, then also insurance as well. So it's like all that in the back of chips in one, and you got a CFP.
0: Correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe earlier you said that there were like something like thirty uh black CFPs in the in the nation. Is that correct, or did I? Miss oh, no it? no
2: no 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 no. It's 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 way more than that. Way okay. More than that. Uh, so um, SEC registered. So okay, uh, there we go. It's one it's one thing to be a financial advisor and to work for a, a company, and I did that for six years. And some people never start their own practice, which is fine because if you start your own practice. Not only are you, you know, have you have your firm and you're helping people, but then you have the whole business side. So I have employees, I have payroll, I have an HR person, I have a, I have, I run my own business and my, and my own firm. Like some people don't want to do that. And that is totally fine. Different social, different folks. For me, you know, I'm saying I, I wanted to, I wanted to have my own. Even financial advisors who have their own firm know there's a certain amount of assets that you have to manage. You have to manage at least hundred million dollars in assets. Uh, we manage way more than that, but just that's just you know you have to have that to be SEC registered. And then you also can't have any negative uh, marks on your U four, which is like your financial advisor report card. So, um, so yeah, so those different things you have to be to become SEC registered. And because of that, there's not a lot of African American SEC registered financial advisors um, in America. But, but again. I have friends that are financial advisors who either have their own firm. It's not Etsy registered, or work for a company and they are rocking and rolling. They're certified financial planners. So just because you don't have your own firm, or you're not Etsy registered doesn't mean it's bad. It's just for me, you know, I want to do the darn thing. <laughs> so, yeah, so, yeah. Uh, it's just, uh, you know, I'm just extremely blessed, man. Extremely blessed.
0: Yeah, man. That's a testament to like you said, your your wife and you, you know the work you're putting in, and it's doing big things, great things. Appreciate you, uh, and like you said, there's not a ton of us out that look like us doing this, um, and, and we want to change that. That's why we have this, and that's why you're on, kind of educate and preach to some people, and and hopefully one day we can all be unapologetically ourselves in these professions.
2: Yeah, 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 yeah. Now, it's crazy you said that. So like uh, when, when I was at my when I was employee for Edward Jones, like they had conferences and like it was like production. So you had to like invest a certain amount of money, have a certain amount of clients. And like I was the only well, not well, I was usually the only black person in the room It might be me and two other people. Right. And then like people came up all the time. It's, it's maybe not to me, but like uh, if it's like a spouse, then they would ask my wife, like, okay, like like what practice did y'all buy? You know, like what practice did you take over? Like who's whose book of business did you buy? Like, nobody's <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, and then like it's just like what like you know what I'm saying? So it's it's just it's just crazy, man. So so prayerfully, um, as we have more financial literacy, as it's more podcasts and educational spaces like you guys that educate people about investing, as us as a people. Uh, understand more about investing and and want to invest, then hopefully that changes where more assets and we wanna do and invest in people that look like us with us. And so hopefully as time goes on, we do have more African-American financial advisors that can help African-American families.
1: So so on BFI, we like to salute our veterans. So thank you, thank you for being a veteran. Um, We've had a few veterans, exactly, a few veterans. So we're gonna go into it. How did your time in the military prepare you for your current career?
2: Yeah, man, huge, man. So like, as uh, an acronym in the military, keep it simple, stupid. Kiss, man, kiss, K I S S, and like that was just me. So when I when I was at Tennessee State uh, in college, I was a reservist. Um, so uh, I went in 2000. I got out in 2004. Actually, uh, took a year off at of Tennessee State when the war started in 2003. And I didn't do any fighting. Everybody's in Kuwait. I mean, I'm sorry, Iraq. I was in Kuwait. I'm a loving out a fighter. I did finances in the military, so uh, I didn't see no action. I was over there. It was hot. It ain't rained for like eight months, which is weird to think about because I'm in Florida it rains every day and to this day from a staff standpoint. It teaches you leadership. So you definitely want to be a leader. Uh, it kind of walks you through how to be a leader, uh, characteristics of a leader, but then also uh, you can't always be a chief. You know what I'm saying? Like um, in the military, it's structure. It's all about the team. And if you have too many chiefs and not enough Indians the mission will not get done so it's been times as I you know uh think about Bob and other businesses I, I've been blessed to you know be a part of like I'm just a Indian I'm not the chief right in my practice I'm the chief but you know what I'm saying the businesses that I own and, and, and help uh not help run but develop, allowed me to, to kind of do what I do and be where I am today so uh so yeah
0: and then again uh as Larry said you no. Know, salute definitely even though like you said you you weren't out there uh shooting you know you're a lover not a fighter I mean you still (laughs) suited up I mean you did more than than I did so
2: (laughs) (laughs) you were out there in the desert bro I'm I'm gonna tell you man look when we was in Kuwait it was 123 degrees bro and we was in our BDU so we had like the whole Cavalier I mean it was hot bro it was hot with a capital H man so I was out there in that heat so, man, I, I couldn't even imagine, like, I had people I went to basic with and, and people that was over there in Iraq and that heat fighting too, man. So definitely, like, um, I know we always talk about support our troops and things of that nature, but, like, unless you're, like, in the military and you kind of went through, especially from a wartime perspective, like, you just have no idea the sacrifice that they have. So definitely salute to all the troops, active, not in, not active. Um, definitely what they do to serve our country. Even sometimes the country doesn't run like we wanted to run, like like they still out there, you know what I'm saying, helping us for our freedom. So so definitely, uh, yeah, definitely salute to them.
0: Man, I we're out here in Texas and it's it's averaging like 105. So I, I can't imagine that 120, <laughs> 123. Move uh yeah, that yeah. ain't happening. Yeah. Yeah. But man, uh, we're gonna step it back for a second. I know earlier, in kind of in your introduction, uh, telling us about yourself, you mentioned the uh, the ETF uh, mm-hmm. Let be. So I want to give you a second to uh, tell us more about that. You know, can you explain that to our listeners?
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so, so Let, let be, um Again, we launched it February of this year, and uh, our our thought process is if we're able to uh, maximize your gains and minimize your losses, like that's what you want to do. And we do that from an AI perspective. Um, so we have things, proprietary things, that's put in place. And again, shouts out to my business partner Anthony, who basically created the software. Like he's just big in tech, man. Like I call him like uh, like our, our version of Steve Jobs in African American community. Like the stuff he got going on and stuff that he's doing. Uh, from a tech standpoint, it's just going to be amazing in the next five to 10 years when it comes to fruition. And it's used on a day to day basis by everybody. So we was going through the process. So kind of long story short, uh, for about four years, we was kind of using the algorithms and stuff that was created in my practice. Right. So for my clients, we uh, automatically bought things where things were down, sold things where things were high. So that's why the performance of my clients was just rocking and rolling. So it's like, man, like, let's create our own fun. So we just kind of went through a process because I'm SEC registered, I was able to do things that most other people can't do. I uh, was able to have some doors open. Uh, we just had a whole bunch of uh, pushback, <laughs> a whole bunch of nah, you, you can't do this. Nah. And so it was just a hassle. But but definitely we went through the process. Uh, once we went through the process, uh, we launched it uh, February this year. So through all that, so through all the doors being closed, through all the no's, uh, a lot more no's and yeses. Um, we was like, man, uh, Anthony documented everything. So by documentation, we was like, man, if we could take everything that we got, if we can go through a, um, a system where anybody and everybody can do the same thing we did, but have it systematic, let's do it. So we actually started our own ETF creation company. So now literally any financial advisor, African-American, non-African-American, any influencer who has a following, any celebrity, they can now start their own fund on the stock market and all of the about. So, dot com, and, uh, and literally they, they can reach out to our team and we can walk them through and actually have them start their own ETF on the market. Uh, so, so, think about like, like uh, I'm in Florida, right? We have FAMU. Think about, for instance, FAMU has an endowment, right? Uh, and shout out to Tennessee State. I went to the state, we have endowments. endowment as well. let use FAMU though, right? Literally, if FAMU had their endowment on the stock market, you think about all of the alumni, and about investing, all of the people who have at FAMU, they're gonna, and so what's gonna happen is gonna grow, which means now their endowment goes to your university. It is transparent. We know how the money's growing because it's right there on the market, like we all know, which so, uh, so again, about the ETF, we uh, we launched it in February. And we're just going through a hassle, right? So, asking people what to do, how to launch it. It was about two years, there's a whole bunch of doors being closed in our face. But we went through the process, we got it done. But through that process, through all those doors being uh, shut in our face, all the no's, all the are we, can we really do this? How is it that people that don't look like us are able to launch their own stuff and we can't? it was like, hey, it has to be a better way. So we documented everything. We documented the process, documented what you got to do to go through the process. And we opened and started our own ETF creation company. Uh, The website is www.letbobetfs. So ETF is exchange traded funds. So echo, tango, foxtrot, sierra.com. And literally we walk you through and help you create your own ETF or own fund on the stock market. So think about FAMU, right? So FAMU, of course, Tennessee State, that's, that's my I'm a model, but I'm in Florida. So this is FAMU. So if a person had a FAMU ETF, or, ETF or that uh, I mean, one is on the stock market, it's transparent. So every single alumni, every single parent of a student there, uh, every single person who just supports FAMU, they're going to invest, right? If it's 10, 15, $100, if they all do it, it's transparent. So when I, I donate money to my school now, if you do, like you really don't know where that money's going to. You don't know how it's invested. If it's on a market, you know, you have a fact sheet, you know what they're investing it in. If it's growing, then you're getting educated on me buying low, selling high, you're seeing it growing. So you're going to want to invest more. That's going to teach financial literacy. So you have the assets of that university growing, which helps their endowment, helps their students. But the key part about it is that by law, people don't know this. If you have a fund on the market, you have to charge fees. Like you have to, like it is a, it is a requirement. Uh, but through us, you know, we allow the, those fees, not all, but a lot of those fees to go back to that university. And it's all documented on our website. So now, not only am I making money from an asset standpoint as a university, but now the fees I have to charge goes to me. I did about, about our ETF uh, creation platform and, and, and perfectly able to help a lot of people.
0: Man, that's, that sounds fantastic, man. Um, it seems. Just so unrealistic in a way just to see that like, man, we have some people that are out there, you know, actually doing this because we don't see that many people like us uh doing this and accomplishing it in these. So so it's a great motivation, I, I think, great motivator to see someone like yourself and your, and your partners going out there and, and actually getting out there onto this big platform and being publicly uh, traded. So that's fantastic.
2: You know, I appreciate it. It's it's not just like I said earlier. It's not just uh in endowments. I mean, if it's like you know, we have a lot of these influencers. If these influencers, you know, have a huge following. You know, they want to start their own fund. They can do that. Uh, we have um, if you want to be an athlete like a LeBron, I mean, look, LeBron James has so much reach. Like, what if he started his own ETF? Right? I mean, it'd, it'd be crazy. You think about how many people would invest and how many people would learn about investing if he had his own fund on the market it'd be crazy and then like and then because again by law you have to which people don't know but by law you have to charge when you have a, a fund on the market like all those fees would go back to him and he can do more schools I mean, I mean he can open up another school in LA if he wants to or he can do whatever he wants to it's very exciting
1: man it sounds like so you're not just in the financial space it looks like you know with your ETF like you're kind of getting to the technology space too is that is that right
2: yeah. Oh, yeah. Huge. Yeah. I'm, I'm. I'm. big on tech, man. Again, shout. Shout out to my uh, my business partner, Anthony. Like, like, he is. He's Mr. Tech. But, but, but definitely, yeah. Through through my experience with him and through just learning, it's anything. It's all about relationships. I mean, you know, what I'm saying you build relationships with people, you learn about people. People educate you. They guide you, and, and you learn. So definitely, um, uh, but, but besides Bob, um, I've been blessed to invest in three other tech companies, um, that do different things in tech. Uh, tech is the future, and tech is. Is a way I think that's going to even a playing for ultra, ultra rich, the people who have privilege and the people who don't have privilege, but we all have the same lens when it comes to technology, right? They can use tech, we can use tech, right? We can code, they can code. It's just, you know, we need to be more pr- proficient about it and be educated. So I think that tech is the the great equalizer. Um, I think if us as a community got into tech more 5, 10, 15, 20 years from now, uh, Financially, the playing field would be a lot different. I mean, so just think for a second, right? 20 years ago, if Silicon Valley was not in Silicon Valley, if it was in Atlanta, Georgia, <laughs> you, know what I'm saying? you think we would have a lot more African-American millionaires and maybe billionaires?
0: Oh, for I'm sure, man, definitely.
2: You know what I'm saying? So, so yeah, so it's, it's tech, man. So if, if we adopted tech, if, if we dove into tech, like, like we dive into to rap and other things we do as a community, I I, I definitely think it's going to be um, a lot of individuals that look like us. It's going to be successful and hopefully they can trickle down those assets to the the needy in our community.
1: I appreciate what you're saying. One episode we did was on um, a book called called Poweronomics by Dr. Claude Anderson. And one of the things he said is that we always lag and go into the sector that's starting to, you know, I don't know, make money, I guess. I I can't think of the direct term he said, but, and it sounds like technology is the the route that we need to start be going into more.
2: From like a tech standpoint, like tech is the great equalizer. Um, Definitely tech, in my opinion, tech, healthcare, finances, that is the the leading industries for the next 10 or 15 years. So if you're not in one of those three, you're putting yourself at a competitive disadvantage. I mean, our budget, our national budget, our federal budget is 28% healthcare. Right, because of modern medicine, we're living longer, we're not dying as quickly. Uh, You know, they're going through the process of trying to find a cure or remedy for cancer. Right, so like when that happens, you think about how many people and how many lives will be saved. So, companies like Apple, right? I mean, Apple is the the biggest, the biggest. I I love me some Apple, Uh, MacBook, iPhone, iPad. Apple got all of me, right? So, Apple, right now, through their iWatch, um, is going through the process where they are monitoring a person's day-to-day living and their hope is that they can build charts and algorithms to see a 30 year old today this is what's going to happen you at age 50 and age 55 what can you do to make sure that those health problems do not exist all that's done through tech so if you can get into an investment like apple if you can get into some of the technology they're using from a healthcare and a tech standpoint to find out why that is and invest in those companies you're going to be a very very wealthy person right that evens the playing field. So again, I, I think tech is the uh is the ultimate equalizer and I, I think tech will lead us um to where we need to go as a community.
1: Um so we talked um about a month ago you have an app correct
2: yes yeah 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 so definitely do um so uh so you, so you can go to I'm just plugging it on my website saying man <laughs> but yeah so uh so uh and again it's, it's not all me so i'm, I'm co-owner I, I would never sit up here and say it's all me i'm just blessed to have people that surround me uh that help me me and and yeah so so kudos all them uh kudos to our bob team but yeah so um the app is a uh, letbob.com. so l-e-t-b-o-b.com and uh, as easy as it is like you think about robin everybody knows the app Robinhood, right The app Robinhood allows you to buy and sell investments. Literally, we have the same thing as Robinhood. It's just better, in my opinion, right? Um, It allows individuals to not do the wrong thing. As investors, we always do the wrong thing, right? We buy high and sell low. But when we invest, we don't know, is it really the best time to buy that stock? How do we know that, right? We see the news, we see Instagram, we see YouTube, we see TikTok. We don't know for sure. We have things in our app that allows the individual before they make that decision in a negative way, uh, implement it to make sure that you don't make the wrong decision. So, uh, nugget, right? Eighty-four percent of African first-time African American investors, right? Not people who's been doing it. You know what I'm saying? Like first-time African American investors. Eighty-four percent when they invest and they lose money, it takes them a year and a half to invest again. Right. Now, now th- this is not including your 401k because your 401k, they take it out your check. But, you know, so I open up an investment account. Right. I do it myself. Or I get a financial advisor and I invest and I lose money and I sell because I buy high and sell low, which you do not want to do. It takes me on average as an African-American 18 months to buy it back again. What happens over that time frame? Right. If I buy it at 100 and it goes down to 60 and I sell it, I wait till it goes back to 100 and I'm about all over again. Makes no sense. I lost $40 on the way down and now it's going to cost me 40 extra dollars to buy that 100. That's $80. Right. Right. So instead of having 180, I have, well, 140, really, I now have $100 when it should have been at least 140 because it would have, would have went up by, you know, it would have went up. So I said that to say, if we have things that's going to stop us making those bad decisions from a buying standpoint and a selling standpoint, that's what we want to do. That's how you create generational wealth. That's how you reduce the wealth gap. It's not buying, nothing against anybody. It's not buying this masterclass where you're spending all types of money just to be spending it. It's not doing options. It's not doing futures trading where you should not be doing futures trading in the get-go. It's having financial literacy. It's finding out companies that's gonna grow, identifying those companies, buying those companies when it's the right time to buy, and selling those companies before they go down, and prayerfully buying them when they are down so you continue to buy low and sell high. Uh, And our investment app does that. Uh, If you go to our website, um, you can definitely um, sign up for it. Uh, We'll definitely, from a marketing standpoint, uh, we like to call before we walk. So definitely uh, ask more people to sign up. We'll market more. But definitely, um, you know, we definitely believe that that is going to help reduce uh, the wealth gap and hopefully for our community, uh, have generational wealth for our people.
0: And, and that sounds so simple, but everybody knows once you throw emotions into it, like logic and sense just kind of leaves the door sometimes. Yeah. And, and you know, it's it's basic. Uh, buy low, sell high. But when you have your money into it and you see it dropping, and then all of a sudden you start panicking. That's why it's, it's panic selling and panic buying and what, whatnot. You you just, all right, I got to stop the bleeding. Stop the bleeding. Yeah. And uh, I mean, I've, I'm, I've been a, a guilty of it myself, especially like a few years ago, man, I could have used your app. I could have used it because I, I, I think I know better. But when I was first starting out with stocks, man, I see that stuff dropping. I'm like, uh-uh, uh-uh abort, you know, <laughs> jump ship, jump ship. And then it they go is. back up and I'm, I'm being stupid. I'm like, okay, well, I, I better get back in. Like, man, it, it, just yo-yoing. Just so so I know a little bit better now. So for example, had some some Amazon and, yeah. and man, they they and I've got it, you know, not high, but not super high. It was dropping, but I didn't yeah. know it was going to continue to drop. And I'm yeah. like, shoot, all right. I just I'm, We together now, we married, <laughs> you know, because I, <laughs> I'm i I'm, I'm committed and I know what you're capable of. And then they released their quarterly and, and they went up, I don't know, 20, 30%. So, and that's what you, you got to play the, the long game. And that's what your stock, your app is going to help people do is try to take out that emotion and let you know that logically, like, This is not the time to buy, or this is not the time to sell. So that's perfect for people starting out, or not just people starting out, but people that are already have a little bit of skin in the game, but can fall uh, victim to that emotion.
2: Yeah, yeah, and and then also with that being said, you know, from an investment standpoint, we also talk about dollar cost averaging, right? And and for all our football uh, fanatics who watch football, I use linebackers, and it's two linebackers. We all we all know, right? We have Sean Miriam. We always remember. Lights out, right? Had the shot. Yeah, lights out, right? So, man, listen, he had a, he had a hell of a three-year run. Yep. Three-year just run, all, all pro. I um, mean, you know, since three-year run, but because of injuries and kind of life, he fought, fell off the map, right? That's being inconsistent. That's just, you know, not saying he did the wrong thing as an athlete, but, you know, buying high, selling low. Inconsistent, not dollar-cost averaging When the market's down, Me putting money on a month-to-month basis. Then we have Bobby Wagner. Right. Bobby Wagner was never, in people's opinions, the best linebacker every single year, but consistently top three, top five. And now I believe he's going to be a Hall of Famer. Right. But consistent. If we're consistent, dollar cost averaging, continue to buy low, continue to sell high throughout our investment career. We're going to be a quote unquote Hall of Famer. So it's great to have those splash plays like a Sean Miriam. It's great to have that one option trade that made us a thousand percent. Right, but then in, in a ten-year uh, career of investing, we had three good years and seven horrible years. We lost money, right? But if we're consistent, like a Bobby Wagner, we in there. So, uh, so it's, it's 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 about being consistent. I know one thing though: if your Amazon in twenty twenty was down, it's way more than what it was in twenty twenty.
1: Hey, hey amen.
0: You, you already know that. <laughs> so, hell yeah, yeah. So, uh,
1: so, so definitely, definitely. And the the next great. Linebackers can be Michael Parsons from the Dallas Cowboys. So y'all, y'all watch him. <laughs> Cut <laughs> hey, the he, podcast. He, Cut.
2: <laughs> and now he, he had a heck of a rookie year, man. Like if his rookie year is uh is, is anything like his career gonna be, man, y'all, y'all, y'all got one. Y'all definitely got one.
1: So earlier in the podcast, you've mentioned Tennessee State, which H B C U. Uh, can you talk about being on the Tennessee State the alumni board? Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah, man. So again, it's it's always it's always uh looking out, man. Like I definitely try to help in whatever way I can. I'm on the Tennessee State College Business Alumni Board. So with the Alumni Board, you know, we find ways to to make sure individuals who are at Tennessee State, you know, uh, graduate. When they do graduate have gainful employment? We, we raise funds to make sure the College Business is doing what they're supposed to do, helping. Uh, we have different speakers that come because from like a college standpoint, like so. I started college in 2000, right? Um college is a lot different and you have a lot more options now. Like you can go to YouTube now and you can learn whatever you want to, right? It wasn't like that when I went to college. So like a lot of times we go to college and because of classes, because of structure that you know, millennials just don't have as much as like what I had. I mean I'm 40. I ain't like the oldest person in the world, but you know, it is what it is. But like, so a lot of people struggle through college, you know what I'm saying? And then we watch YouTube, we see Instagram. I dropped out of college and now I make a move. It ain't no, like, um, it ain't no verification, you know what I'm saying? So uh, so, so with the board, we just like to make sure that students kind of have the long game. They have a the laser focus. Like they understand they might have good days, bad days. They might not be making the money that they're making in college right now because everybody was a broke college student. But if we're able to have you graduate, help you with interviewing, help you get job placement, uh, help you really find out what you want to do. Like um, when you're in college, you think you have an idea, but you really, don't you know what I'm saying? Like, for me, like, I didn't really know I wouldn't be a financial advisor to like my first, first year in a corporate job. Like, when I went to Tennessee State, I got a job at General Electric. Uh, I was a manager of a call center where I managed a call center and I managed their uh, their their platform for like routing calls. And like, I had epiphany. Like, so uh, I saved the company $4 million. For, and this is back in 2006. Like, $4 million in 2006 is like, like $20 million, probably now, right? With inflation, a pizza party. I didn't get a raise. I didn't get um, a promotion. I got a pizza party for saving them whole million dollars.
1: That's disrespectful.
2: Crazy. Right. So I learned then, hey, I want to save people money. I want to make people money, but I want to get paid for it. Let's be a financial advisor. Right. So people in college, like they have no idea. So if we, if we can kind of help you lead you in the right direction, then we're all for that. And that's, that's where the alumni are board does um, you know we, we try to find opportunities for graduates we try to help individuals through speakers find out what they want to do so that they don't get out of school and it's like oh now what so uh so yeah so I'm so glad I went to TSU man all my TSU Tigers stand up
0: yeah man and uh TSU that's so you went to TSU
2: and FAMU no 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 so my, my business partner uh, went to FAMU okay okay but now I graduated went to and graduated from Tennessee State
0: a little bit of competition there. I know you guys be talking noise.
2: Man. Oh, always. Oh, oh always. <laughs> yeah, yeah, of bands and, and all that, man. So, uh, so yeah, it's the that, that, that competition. I'm, I'm in Jacksonville too, so you know Jacksonville is like an hour and a half from uh, from FAMU. So I got um, I, I got way more FAMU clients, and I got TSU clients. I know that much, but uh, it's, it's 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 all HBCU love though, man. So exactly. Yeah. And, it, and and not, nothing against a person that went like to a PWY, but like just like in my experience, it wasn't even all about school. Like 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 the socialization. Uh, I mean, so like like growing up, you know, we saw like different world, and and you know, what I'm saying like oh, or school days and how an HBCU was supposed to be like, right? But like being around like like-minded people that look like you, that have the same goals that you do, like the interacts that you have, have is nothing like it. So I learned a lot about how to kind of get through different social experiences, how to navigate through myself, learn about myself from a social safety standpoint from an HBCU that I probably couldn't get from a PWI uh, institution or, or university. So, so, uh, so yeah. And PWI means a, a, a publicly white institution, by the way. So.
0: Okay. Okay. We're, we're going to start using it. PW, uh, PWI. All right. right. are we talking and about these? Uh...
1: I was saying me and Terrence went to a PWI. So, yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Even named after a uh, white guy,
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: All right. We want to thank Mario Payne for joining us. He can be found on IG, Twitter, LinkedIn, and Facebook under Tomes Financial. That's T-O-A-M-S. He can be found on TikTok and YouTube under Payne Profits. That's P-A-Y-N-E Profits. His websites are letbob.com, that's L-E-T-B-O-B.com, letbob, etf dot com. Part two comes out in two weeks. Thank you. Bye.